This podcast is not here for those people that are trying to stay out of last place. Because those consequences don't exist for the people that are listening to this podcast. These are the people that always end up in the playoffs but can't seem to get over that hump. Or the ones who just want to dominate year after year just to show everybody else they're the champions. Guys, this is a fantasy football intervention. And we're about to intervene with your fantasy football life. What is up, guys? So here's the thing. Obviously, a lot of you guys have heard that I've been moving. And throughout my move, I ended up somehow pushing one of the levels or one of my volume buttons all the way up on my soundboard. Yeah, so the first four minutes of this episode don't sound right. Sorry about it, guys. But yeah, it clears all up after the four minutes. So just bear with me for the first few minutes of this, and we'll get through it together. Three games in a row now. Three games in a row. We had the Miami Dolphins up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We had the San Francisco 49ers up against the Arizona Cardinals. And now we have the New York Giants up against the Dallas Cowboys. And once again, this is making it way, way too easy to push lineups. That's not good. That's not good for me. That's not good for everybody else because you know where the high ownership is going to be. You know that Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram are all going to be high-owned. Don't forget about Amari Cooper, Golden Tate, and Michael Gallup. But this is the good thing about this matchup. This is where the light is. It could end up diversifying where you go and how you set your roster lineups because of the pricing. On FanDuel, thank God... They give you a little bit of diversity and decision-making on where you should put your money. For example, you can actually get in a Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley ownership base. You can stack in there Evan Ingram or potentially Michael Gallup. But then you have to go super, super cheap. Now, if you don't want to go that route, like that's throwing all your money into where the majority of the ownership is going to be. So if you don't want to go that route and then take an option on a cheap guy, somebody like Blake Jarwin, who actually did extremely, extremely solid in week one up against the Giants. But if you don't want to go that route, if you want to try and stay in the middle of the road, you can do that too. And you can play an ownership that does not involve Ezekiel Elliott or Saquon Barkley. And you can end up stacking up Amari Cooper along with Michael Gallup and have Dak Prescott as your bonus. And then you play the Giants players with Evan Ingram and Golden Tate and assume that it's a shootout. But do you really want to go that route? Do you really not want to play Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott? Well, that's where you take the hits. That's where you take your shots. Okay, you go with a hedging lineup. You go with a lineup that you know is going to put up points. And then you end up putting your money onto Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott, and then take shots on cheaper guys. So you balance. You go all out. You get extremely bullish on certain lineups. And then you go and hedge on the other side of things. Welcome on into Fantasy Intervention, guys. I'm excited to do this episode with you guys. I am back, and I am better than ever. Well, maybe not better than ever, because I still do have to do a lot of unpacking. So yes, this episode is not going to be one of my long episodes. I'm going to go through this pretty quickly. 
We're gonna cover this matchup for you guys tonight for DFS. So if you're somebody who wants to get entertained and talk about non-DFS items, this episode is not for you. It is cool, you guys can skip it. But this is DFS. And we're gonna start this out by saying that each team is gonna be extremely, extremely healthy for this matchup. In fact, the only player, the only starter on either team that's gonna be out is going to be Sterling Shepard. So a lot of these guys are playable tonight. Let's go ahead and get started and talk about the quarterbacks first for the New York Giants. And Daniel Jones is not somebody I'm going to be playing a bunch of. You know, I could take a shot with them in the dark, but the Cowboys are actually the fifth best team in the NFL up against quarterbacks. They've actually only allowed two quarterbacks to get more than 15 points on them out of their seven games so far this season. So the Cowboys have been extremely, extremely stingy up against quarterbacks so far. Yeah, they've had a little bit of an easy schedule, but still, they've been very, very solid. And obviously, when they played the Giants in week one, Eli Manning was in. We didn't get to see much of Daniel Jones. So Daniel Jones, yes, he is an option if you want to play a contrarian lineup. But when I go to lineups, especially in cash lineups, there are so many other better values that I see on the slate that I would like to play other than Daniel Jones. So Daniel Jones is not going to be an option for me in most lineups. But like I said, if you want to go completely contrarian, be my guest. I might take a shot on it, but it's not going to be in very many lineups. That's going to bump us down to their wide receiver core. And obviously Sterling Shepard is out. Darius Slayton has been hot lately. And I think he's going to be another solid option. But if the Giants end up running three wide receiver sets, that means that Byron Jones is most likely going to be shadowing Darius Slayton because Golden Tate moves to the slot. So expect Darius Slayton to see a lot of Byron Jones in this game tonight. That's not good news. Darius Slayton, like I said, if you want to do a contrarian lineup, go ahead, put Daniel Jones, Darius Slayton, and Golden Tate, who I'm about to talk about here in a second, in a lineup together. Hell, you could even put Evan Ingram on that, and then on the other side, go ahead and play Ezekiel Elliott if the money works out. Over to Golden Tate. And once again, I mean, we talked about how solid the Cowboys have been up against the quarterback. Up against the wide receivers, they're very similar, but they have allowed three wide receivers to go off. Michael Thomas got 13.5 points, which is solid. Terry McLaurin got 14.5, and Robbie Anderson had 20.5. So the only one that absolutely went off would be Robbie Anderson. I, none of those guys are really slot wide receivers. I mean, McLaurin moves to the slot from time to time, and so does Michael Thomas, but I mean, that's not great numbers that I'm chasing. And although Golden Tate has been solid over the past few weeks, he's not somebody that I'm going to be looking to play in a bunch of my lineups. And obviously, you heard the news about Sterling Shepard. He got reinserted back into the concussion protocol. So he will not be playing tonight. The weirdest part about Sterling Shepard and the injury that's going on is the fact that nobody's really seen an increase or a significant increase in snap counts outside of Darius Slayton. Like, you'd expect Benny Fowler or Cody Latimer to see more snaps, and it's kind of crazy. Benny Fowler has actually seen a reduction in snaps because Darius Slayton has been producing. And it's not like they're actually going to the tight end and having more tight end sets. It's just slowly, slowly increasing for Cody Latimer, but it's still about an equal snap share to Benny Fowler, but they're both getting right around the same amount of production. I mean, Cody Latimer saw six targets over the past two weeks. Benny Fowler saw seven. I mean, there's not really any more targets going around. They're actually just using Saquon Barkley a little bit more. So I don't expect there to be any kind of crazy things to happen with Benny Fowler or Cody Latimer, but don't forget, they are not going to be facing Byron Jones very often. Byron Jones should be on either Golden Tate or 
Darius Slayton, not on either one of these guys. So they are worth a shot if you're just you know trying to have a contrarian play or if you're trying to find somebody that's a little bit cheaper and you're, you're mixing up 20 different lineups, you could end up putting Cody Latimer or Benny Fowler into either one of those. The only other guy that might see a few snaps is Cody Core. He saw 17 two weeks ago, but this past week, I believe he only saw three snaps. So he's personally not worth a play for me. On to the tight end position. And although the Cowboys have actually been really good up against wide receivers. They've actually been pretty bad up against tight ends so far this year. I mean, Evan Ingram hung 116 yards and a touchdown on him in week one. He ended up going 11 for 14 receiving. But each of the past two weeks, the Cowboys have allowed a touchdown. So I expect Evan Ingram to be a play tonight, and he could end up going off. He might be the only option that the Giants do have up against the Cowboys when it comes to playable receivers. If they decide to take out Golden Tate in the slot, you know, put a guy underneath, put a safety right over top of him, and then Darius Slayton is shut down by Byron Jones, the only option that the Giants might have is going to Evan Ingram. So Evan Ingram will end up being a solid piece to my roster, my roster construction tonight in both cash and tournament lineups. Rhett Ellison could also be a cheaper option as well. I mean, up against the Cardinals, and I know they're the Cardinals, but he still had a solid game and put up a touchdown two weeks ago against the Cardinals. Didn't do anything last week, but he could be a cheap flyer option that could make the more expensive lineups work out for you. I mean, there's a chance that he puts up zero points. Even if he ends up with, let's just say, 50 yards, then that ends up paying off for his price. It won't be pretty, but Rhett Ellison could end up working for your lineups tonight, especially the more expensive ones that you have to maneuver to a cheaper option. Now, over to the Cowboys side, and this is the one that we actually wanted to talk about, the Dallas Cowboys, who are completely healthy for all their starters. Gallup's fine, Amari Cooper should be fine. I mean, these guys are all going to be healthy. And Dak Prescott is an absolute monster, an absolute monster up against the Giants. I talked about it in Friday's episode, but Dak Prescott just goes nuts up against the Cowboys. I mean, he has 405 yards and four touchdowns in week one. In week 17, of last year, he put up 387 yards and four touchdowns. Hopping back to 2017, in week 14, he put up 232 yards and three touchdowns. In week one of 2017, he's, it wasn't a great game, but he still put up 268 yards and a touchdown. I mean, the only bad game that he's had up against the Giants was week two in 2018, where he only put up 160 yards and a touchdown. That secondary is brutal this year. I mean, absolutely brutal. They have two of the worst cornerbacks in the NFL. The worst quarterback in the NFL is DeAndre Baker. He's allowing 153.6 passer rating up against quarterbacks. That's terrible. I mean, I, I can't imagine getting any worse than that. He's allowed five touchdowns so far this year. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. And then Grant Haley isn't doing that much better. He's allowing 118.8 passer rating. Absolutely terrible. So the Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, and Gallup stack is a thing. And it could go off. I mean, all three wide receivers when it comes to Cooper, Gallup, and Randall Cobb all put up double-digit fantasy points in week one. The Giants have allowed 12 total wide receivers to have double-digit fantasy points. I mean, that just blows my mind. It's only eight games. And they've allowed 12 different wide receivers to put up double-digit fantasy points. I think that you have to find a way to make the Gallup, Amari Cooper, and Dak Prescott stack work. And you can even switch in Cobb into one of those. You can also throw in Tavon Austin. I mean, he's not that far out there. I know that Cooper's coming back. I know the Gallup's healthy now. But Tavon Austin has had eight points in each of the past two weeks, and he's extremely, extremely cheap. So this could be another guy that could help make those expensive lineups work out.
Now over to the tight end position, it's surprising the Giants have actually been extremely, extremely solid up against the tight ends. I mean, they've only allowed one tight end, just one, to put up double-digit fantasy points. That tight end was Blake Jarwin in week one. So yes, Blake Jarwin is an option this week. Once again, cheaper option to make those lineups work. He ended up having double-digit fantasy points against them prior to. Witten was still close, though. He put up 8.5 fantasy points, and both those guys in week one got a touchdown. So they are red zone options. That's not saying they're locks, though. I mean, Witten has had four targets in every single game, except for week six up against the Jets, where he had seven. But four targets in a game is not something that I'm looking for. I mean, he is extremely, extremely expensive on FanDuel for what his production level has been. So I'm not looking to play Witten this week. I mean, he is running routes. Him and Blake Jarwin are running routes. He runs routes on 91% of the snaps. Blake Jarwin's right there with him running 88% of routes on snaps. So the only thing that scares me is the targets. Jarwin's only getting two targets per game. Witten only has four targets per game in almost every single one of his games. And they haven't really gotten targets in the red zone. I mean, in the past four games, Witten has one target in the red zone. And Blake Jarwin only has one target in the red zone this whole entire season. So, like I said, I mean, they're just too expensive for my blood. I'm probably not going to be playing Jason Witten in any lineups. I mean, I might stick him into one as a contrarian option. But he's about as far from a lock as I could see it. I'm not playing him personally. Blake Jarwin, if I need to make a roster work and he fits in... I might play him here and there just to take a shot. Just to take a shot at that first place, I might play him in tournaments, but he's far away in cash. On to the running backs. Every single game, every single game that Zeke has played up against the Giants, it's been five games since he came in the NFL. He's put up double-digit fantasy points. And every single one up against the Giants. So, obviously, I feel like you have to play Zeke. You have to get him in there. It's just going to be expensive, and it's going to be hard to make these lineups work. The only thing that I'm looking at with Zeke, however, the only negative is the fact that the Giants did just acquire Leonard Williams. That could have an effect on Zeke, but I don't really see it changing the game as a whole. I mean, one player is not going to stop Zeke on every single play. So yeah, that scares me a little bit, but not enough to not play Zeke. You have to play Zeke. If you're going to play these expensive lineups, the questions that you have to ask are, are the Cowboys going to be up enough for Tony Pollard to see work? Is Blake Jarwin going to get the opportunity? Are the Giants going to be so far down that Cody Latimer, Benny Fowler, or Rhett Ellison get the opportunities and see targets? Is Devin Smith even going to be active? Is Tavon Austin going to get work because they're all healthy now? Those are the questions that you have to ask. The Giants are bad up against deep passes, so I could see Devin Smith or Tavon Austin getting some opportunity. But are they going to be worth plays? And I think at their price, they could be worth it. But these are the tough matchups. These are the games that I hate playing because you have obvious options. So the ownership percentage is going to be super, super high for guys like Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper. All these guys, their ownership is going to be above 50%. So if you're playing in tournaments, you have to take the shot on these cheaper guys and completely beef up the roster. If you want to hedge to make sure that you don't lose money, then you can play some of the lower-end guys that are right in the middle of the road, people like Jason Witten. But I don't like to play that way. I want to take shots. I'm playing tournaments to win the tournament. If you wanted to you know, play it safe, go play cash. Go play cash games. I'm playing these tournaments so I can get first place and so I can capitalize on my investment. Now, I finally did it. I finally did it. I did a little bit of research on kickers. And if you listen to my show, you know how much I hate talking about kickers. But I got some questions about it, so I decided to talk about it. 
And Roses is extremely interesting for me. Very, very interesting. He's extremely interesting because the Dallas Cowboys are actually solid up against teams in the red zone. They're ranked fifth in the NFL in conversion percentage into touchdowns. And the Giants aren't particularly good in the red zone. I mean, they're number 19th in the NFL in conversion rate itself. They only convert on they only convert on 55% of the opportunities. In the past four games, they're only at 60% of the opportunities. So I think that the so I think that the New York Giants kicker Roses is an option this week. I mean, if you're playing a middle of the road or you're playing in cash games, I think he's safe. He's $1,000 less than Maher for the Dallas Cowboys. He's only at $8,500. So if the Giants are able to move the ball and they are able to get in the red zone or even close to it and they're not able to convert, then this could be a huge, huge game for Roses. So yes, he is worth a bonus play. Over to the Cowboys side of things. They're number ninth overall in the NFL in conversion rate. So I don't really see Maher at I don't really see Maher at 9,500 as a viable option. I'm probably not going to be playing him in very many lineups this week. When it comes to the defenses, Dak Prescott doesn't really give opportunities for turnovers. Obviously, it's a big-time game for him. The spotlight's going to be on him. Does he wilt under the pressure? I don't think that he does. So the Giants defense, is not, the Giants defense it should be a dumpster fire. I'm not playing him in any lineups. They're not an option whatsoever. No, not going there. When it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, though, Obviously, Daniel Jones has been doing extremely, extremely poorly outside of last week since he took over that starting job. It should create some opportunity for some turnovers, some pick sixes. I mean, there's a chance that Daniel Jones goes off. There's a chance that they can't stop Saquon Barkley, but I do like the Dallas defense as an option. If I play DraftKings and I want to play a defense, I might play him in the bonus in one matchup, but probably not many. I'm not expecting the Giants to go off, but at the same time, I still expect a high-scoring game between these two teams. And I don't feel like the opportunity is going to be created by the quarterbacks. It's going to be created by the running backs. So I wouldn't be playing the Dallas defense in a bunch of lineups, but they might be worth a shot in one. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up our episode today. Once again, I appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you for bearing with me. I apologize for not getting an episode out to you guys for Saturday. It should be back to normal here very, very shortly. I'm still standing up. I still don't have a chair. My house is still a wreck, but I should be getting more episodes out to you guys. So thank you for bearing with me. The quality should be improving as well. So I'm excited about that. But yeah, get excited. If you guys want to find us on Facebook, ask us any kind of questions. We're at facebook.com slash fantasy intervention. If you want to listen to us on any other platforms, we're on SoundCloud, Google Play, Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox. Yeah, all those are options. I actually had to go get my phone fixed today, and guess what? I saved money. I saved 10% on my bill. I was super stoked. Knocked off like 11 or 12 bucks off of my cell phone bill that I got to use in DFS tonight. So yeah, get excited about that, guys. If you go up to the iPhone repair store right there off Birdneck Road, any phone, doesn't have to be an iPhone, tell them that Fantasy Intervention sent you. They'll give you 10% off your repair. So go up there, tell them Fantasy Intervention sent you, get a discount. Yeah. Huge shout out to Fantasy Football Discussion on Facebook. Love you guys. Keep those questions coming in. Deanna, love you. You're awesome. Keep it going. Keep those questions coming as well. Chad Ochocinco, you're the man out there as well. Dave Nessler, I see you liking our posts all the time. So big shout out to you as well, man. I'm stoked about this, man. I'm so stoked. I mean, we're building. We're rolling. We're growing. This is awesome. This is fucking awesome. Listen, guys, it's all because of you. I appreciate it more than you guys know. Thank you guys for listening, and thank you for letting me intervene with your fantasy football lives. I'm out. Hey, my mom told-
my niggas is dope, the switch up is dope, the pickup is dope, they feeling the way, they know I'm the go. That's how you bang a podcast.